Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about tech stuff and uh, science news and all that sort of thing. Um, we may be, uh, you know, uh, uh, begging Apple for some money this episode, but we'll see, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll see if we do get to that. But I am historian Matt. I, I talk. I usually talk about science news and tech news and anything that interests me. And I got some uh, science news and a little bit of tech news today. So my my first thing, my first uh, story is uh, I, I just named it Oxford Scientists Find Answers to the Important Questions. What questions are those? I'll let you know in my first segment. And then my second one today is Americans don't want to buy EVs. So that's the general topic, but I'm going to talk about a lot of statistics that don't sound too good when it comes to EVs in the U.S. And HK is on an adventure. If you've watched other Echoplex Media shows, you probably know what that adventure is. But uh, I'm going to go over to Dave. So uh, my first story is about how you should never go to war with Apple and how it's a bad idea and it doesn't work out well for other companies then i thought we'd do something a little bit a little bit fun there's a archive of like sounds basically from gadgets gizmos technical devices that are going obsolete that you may never hear again and so there's a place kind of sort of like the internet archive but for i don't know 28.8k modems etc etc <laughs> and uh oh, wow i haven't heard that in a long time yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll play some of them actually for fun because we haven't done anything actually fun in like multimedia on on this show yet so we'll do that yeah all right guess i'll get started with my first topic so uh my first one is uh, you know oxford scientists have cracked the case of why ketchup splatters from a near empty bottle you know the important questions in life uh so uh chris mcminn uh, conducted a series of experiments to identify the forces at play and developed a theoretical model for ketchup splatter. Why did he do that? Well, besides the obvious uh, solution of, you know, keeping us from getting messy when we're trying to get that last bit of ketchup and at the, uh, I don't know, holiday party. I don't know if you use ketchup at <laughs> holiday parties. Definitely your cookouts and stuff. But uh, also ketchup actually uh, acts like a non-Newtonian liquid, so it actually applies to other interesting physics and science uh, related stuff. Uh, ketchup is composed of pulverized tomato solids suspended in a liquid, making it more of a soft solid rather than a liquid as we think of it. Uh, basically, the findings, uh, the short answer, I don't want to go through all the details because it's a lot of uh, sciencey chemistry stuff that I don't fully understand. But uh, the, the short answer is when you're squeezing your bottle, squeeze it more slowly and uh, double the, uh, if you can, double the diameter of the nozzle. Both of those will help prevent splatter or just a completely, you know, other way around. You can just remove the cap <laughs> instead of trying to use the, use it through the little nozzle uh, on, on the cap and that will fix all your problems. Uh, it is unclear from this source that I used if uh, the Oxford scientists actually used standard ketchup from the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And yes, standard ketchup is a thing. Any questions, Dave? 
when I first saw the when I first saw the image, I thought the question they were going to be answering is: Is it better to dip the fries in the ketchup or to put the ketchup over the top of the fries, like nachos? It's just when I first saw the image come up, but it turns out that's not the the question or the answer to the question. Um, I like this. Um, I've always been a fan of squeezing the ketchup bottle more slowly. I see other people like like kung fu grip the uh the ketchup and i'm like man you it'll be all right you're gonna get <laughs> yeah. the ketchup it's yeah. gonna happen plus if you squeeze it more slowly like if you're if you're maybe not just putting it in a on the side for fries or whatever you're trying to put it on a hot dog which is disgusting but if say you're trying to put it on a hamburger which is better you're able to you won't have such a big glob in the one spot where you're starting you'll be able to you'll be able to more evenly distribute it across the um across the burger. I also am a big fan of for a burger if I'm making just one for myself, I just take a knife and put it in the ketchup and then just like mayo across the across the top of the burger bun. But if I'm going to cook out, I'm not going to go through all that trouble if there's a little ketchup right. bottles. So that's that's an interesting story. That was, that was we started off with something kind of fun this week. That's great. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Maybe I should have <laughs> save that for the second part. No, um, no, but, but I mean, you know, it's not all doom and gloom around here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was also kind of a slow news day. So, but but I thought this this one was fun, and it actually kind of relates to other science. Um, and it wasn't actually in the article, but another video I watched. When, you know, this, a guy visited the National Institute of uh, Standards and Technology and um, pointed out all the weird stuff that they have standards for. And one of them is a standard for ketchup. <laughs> I was like, what? And the reasons for doing that. But uh, uh, it was fun. Uh, so my second topic uh, is, second story is Americans don't want to buy EVs. So Again, there's a whole article on here that I, that I link will be in the show notes, but I'm just kind of interested in kind of the stats here. But overall, 33.8% of Americans say they prefer an EV to traditional vehicle. So that's a kind of low. Of course, if you limit it to 18 and 24 year olds, that percentage goes up to 43%. And on the other side... I guess for people that actually have a preference, 52.9% say they want to stick with gasoline or diesel. Um, that doesn't actually entirely add up to a hundred percent. So I guess some people have no preference. Uh, I don't have, didn't have the numbers on this directly, but, uh, of the, uh, in, of the people in the age range from 55 to 64 bracket, the people who want to stick with gasoline and or diesel goes up to 70%. This does not bode well for our transition to EVs. It's a lot of people who don't want to, or don't want to, or not interested in switching the EVs. And there's, there's more problems beyond that because there are barriers for people getting EVs. So the highest barrier for adoption is, well, uh, battery life and uh, replacement costs. It's more perception kind of thing. With uh, 54, 56.4% of respondents saying that that was an issue and why they would avoid EVs, but one that is actually a real issue and is, you know, the second rank second is uh, of barriers um, is uh, the price of EVs are still really high. 
and have you know fifty four point five percent of the people the respondents saying that they couldn't they wouldn't get an EV because it just costs too much. Um, so just under a third, so thirty two point five percent say they're willing to spend up to twenty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. So basically up to twenty five thousand dollars, slightly less, on a new EV. The problem with that is the Chevrolet Bolt, which is the cheapest EV on sale, it costs twenty five thousand six hundred, just a bit above what they're willing to pay. So you don't know, I don't know how solid that number is, you know that that limit, but it is a little bit more for the cheapest EV. Uh, but there are other people who do it. So twenty point nine percent would go wouldn't go above basically thirty five thousand, and then finally. Uh, 15.8% would go all the way up to 65,000, which would covers most EVs anyways. And I assume if you add that all up, you probably don't get over to hundred percent. So other people are a little more flexible or don't really have a price point. Um, the limit of 35,000, basically there are a number of cars that fit into it, but it's not a large number of EVs that go in that price range. So Hopefully in the future, the price of EVs will come down and adoption will increase. In comparison, 50.8% of Australians and 51.4% of Canadians say they'd prefer an EV vehicle to an internal combustion engine. So gas or diesel vehicle. And owning an EV, I know why they are definitely better cars. Uh, Finally wasn't in the article but it's something i like to point out every time people ask me about my ev i do own one myself i own the model y but uh people ask about charging it and how much it costs and all that stuff but i want to point out that a gallon of gas contains about the energy of uh you know 33.7 kilowatt hours and the Tesla Model Y has a battery capacity of 81 kilowatt hours. Now I'm using the Model Y not because it's just because I have that one, but it's actually currently the most popular and the highest selling EV pretty much anywhere, the US and anywhere. But basically that means that it has the energy equivalent of 2.4 gallons of gas in its battery when it's fully charged. And that has an estimated range of... 330 miles, which is quite good. It tells you the efficiency of these vehicles. But finally, all that averaged in, you know, and um, using the California price of electricity, which is the average price in California, which is high compared to the rest of the United States, but a price of 28 cents per kilowatt hour comes out to 22.2. $22.68 to fully charge a Model Y with the average price of electricity in California, which tells you why there's, you know, part of why they're so popular. It's they're a lot cheaper to run and charge. What do you think, Dave? Um, I think one of the problems with the adoption of the EVs is like the, a lot of the companies have like, instead of just, for example, instead of just making a Toyota Corolla, the Toyota went, and I know that this is a hybrid, but they meant and made a whole new car that looked like a cheese wedge instead of taking <laughs> a very popular design 
And I think that, yeah. I think that car companies are going to tend to do this and it's going to generally be to their detriment because the cars look weird. Right. And <clears throat> I think Although they're learning the, though. The new Prius, uh, looks a lot more like a normal car than, than it used to. Right. And, uh, it's got a lot of good, uh, got a little good buzz around it. Right. Uh, and, you know, sort of obviously missing from all this is Toyota. Well, yeah. I mean, Toyota and Honda, and I wouldn't hold my breath, but maybe they they figured it out. But they have been, Toyota and Honda have been looking at doing hydrogen-powered cars. And there are reasons why that's, you know, a good idea and right reason why it's a bad idea. But, you know, kind of the rest of the market, the rest of the world has been moving towards battery, you know, right. battery electric vehicles, uh, not hydrogen electric vehicles. Uh, and I don't know when they're going to, I think they've started looking at making, you know, battery electric vehicles, but I don't, they're way behind and they're in, they're going to be in trouble. Well, not just that, they're just the the two is two biggest like they're just huge they're massive massive car yep. companies like uh, if there was a if there was a toyota camry ev that just looked like a regular toyota camry it would sell like hotcakes yeah if it was just a few, if it was just a little bit more than the regular camry it would just sell like hotcakes because it's such a popular car um people pay yep. people are willing to pay what 35 40 grand for a camry now because it's yeah. they're, they're high quality cars if there was a Honda Civic that was a uh, uh, an electric car that was you know just a bit more than a, than a, a regular Honda Civic, people would also buy that because it's such a popular car. Yeah, and, and you know, like the the inexpensive ones again. Chevy made this. What is it? A Bolt, and it looks weird. Yeah, like yeah, they could have weird just, hatchback, <laughs> but it's but it's not like Chevy had a popular small car. So it's, that's right. a different, you know, in fact, I think they're, they might've been smart to like not make it look like their other crappy small car offerings that like they shouldn't <laughs> make it look like a geo or whatever. That would be bad right. news. Right. But you know, the only one that seems to have done a good job on it is Ford. They did a great job on them. The Mustang, even though it's not a Ford, it doesn't look like a Mustang. They just used a popular brand, made a regular right. looking crossover SUV and then that truck, that uh, F-150 Lightning or whatever, just looks like a regular truck. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the F-150, and they just slapped a, a you know battery in it, basically. And that's, that's kind of a problem because, I mean, you can just convert other cars to EVs. Though you can do that, it's not necessarily the most efficient way. And usually, like, to really take advantage of what EVs have to offer, you have to re- you have to design the car around the EV, you know, the battery and the electric engines. Uh, but, but we'll see what happens. But I mean, for a legacy brand like Ford, isn't it better that their cars look normal? Oh yeah. They should look normal. Like you can make it look normal. You don't have to make it look like the Cybertruck, right? Right. right. So what I'm saying is for, for a brand like Ford, maybe they're, they were like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to have to make some compromises in like performance and, you know, overall usability just so that it looks like a regular truck. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think, I think that might've been that. for the market that they're aiming that at. That might've been a very smart move. That's true. Yeah. Cause they're not really aiming it for people who are pulling stuff, but uh, they said that it's supposed to be for people who are like contractors. 
right. who will carry stuff in the back of their, their truck, but they're not going to be like, you know, overloading it or pulling big things or, or something that, but also stuff like, you know, having a, an electrical outlet on your truck could be useful, <laughs> right? Very useful. <laughs> and, and the, the people in that business have been buying F one fifties for so long. Right. And the truck, yeah. it's very small changes to the way the truck looks. And that's right. because yeah. of who they're selling it to. Right. They sell, they don't want yeah. any, they don't, they don't want to buy a truck that looks like a spaceship. They want a truck that looks like a new version <laughs> of their last truck. And that's who they're right. marketing this to. And, you know, the reviews on that truck have been good and they can't even keep them in stock. Yeah. So, and the reviews on that Mustang uh, have been good and they can't keep those in stock. So they're, they're, they're doing a good job, you know? Yeah. To be fair, Tesla can't keep their Cybertruck in stock because they haven't made them yet. Right. But I mean, that's just like, (laughs) that's like me saying, I can't, I can't keep my AV in stock. Um, (laughs) you know, I, the, I'm, we're waiting like on Ford to put out like a Ranger, right? The small truck, any yeah. EV of the small yeah. truck, or they have a, uh, uh, the, I think they have a EV Bronco. Is that right? That little tiny Bronco. They have an EV version of it. I think there's an EV either out or coming out. No, I was just thinking, um, what is GM's small truck? Cause I think that one's coming out soon and people are really, is that like an S 10 or something? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what their small truck is. But they're, yeah, they're certainly GM and Ford are, are being fairly smart by not trying to just give you the, a crappy sedan because they, they've, they've yeah. lost that market. It's just that, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just surprising that Honda and Toyota have, don't have an EV sedan at this point. Um, or that we're not hearing buzz about the, the Camry EV coming out. I'm telling you, that's just gonna, they'll drop that and it'll, it's just gonna, it'll own the segment. <laughs> it'll, unless it's a bad car that will own right. the segment especially if it looks right. like the regular one because that Camry hybrid, everybody loves that car. Right. Because it, it, that one just looks like a normal car. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I think that it's going to, you know, I think the legacy automakers are taking a while to catch up. I think um, Volkswagen, Volkswagen Audi group are already starting to put out some pretty good uh, electric vehicles. Um, but the Audi ones yeah. are like so high end. They're like at the to- very top of the market. There's nothing normal <laughs> from, Audi. Yeah, I was just thinking though, there's some issues with the Volkswagen EVs. I don't have the uh info right now, but um I think it's the uh like the entertainment center slash interface thing is uh they're having a lot of bugs in that. Um the the rest of the car seems to be fine, but I think not they have quite a, as polished. I think they have like a like a, a redo of the old school Volkswagen bus that's electric. Once once they Yeah, I think it's ID Buzz. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really look like that much like the old school bus, but right. Uh, it is supposed to be the the equivalent. Right. It just has some design cues from it, like just a little bit of yeah. nostalgia. If if that's a good car, that's going to do really well too. Yeah. Cuz it's cute. Yeah, I don't know if it's is it out yet or Um, I've seen it. I've seen I've seen pictures that appear not to be renders, but that doesn't mean that you can go buy one. Right. I don't yeah. I don't really keep up on auto news that much. <laughs> I don't drive. I'm trying to keep so. up on EV stuff, but there's a lot of stuff going on. It's hard yeah. to follow everything. <sighs> but the news that I do keep up on, I'm, <laughs> I've gone, I've softened what I call this guy. I'm now starting to call him Elron Musk. Um, <laughs> he apparently uh, he thinks he's going to get a award with Apple. Um, that doesn't seem like a smart thing to do, seeing as most of Twitter's 
most of Twitter's use is on smartphones and a lot of people have them on iPhones. Now, this is just Elron saying that uh, Apple has uh, threatened to remove Twitter from the App Store and he's saying that Apple isn't advertising as much. So there's some indication that Apple's overall ad buying on social media is just going down because they're like everybody else. Their, their revenue wasn't as good as it's been like the last quarter. And one of the first things that goes is major ad buys. But I mean, if they stopped advertising on Twitter, I could see why, you know, um, Apple was spending over a hundred million on advertising on Twitter. It's easy to understand why, because like journalists are on there and like journalists always have a macbook right when you see them on tv they've always got a macbook and so you know apple and apple kind of wants to keep it that way and all the journalists are on twitter but if twitter just becomes 4chan apple's not going to want any part of it because there's some amount of app some amount of prestige apple is a prestige brand yes that's how they charge you more for their items it's because they're they're status symbols to some extent i mean i don't think that i don't care what kind of phone people have right (laughs) but uh but to in some places a new macbook is a status symbol as i sit here and look at an unhealthy amount of technology in front of me and think of all the money that was spent on all of it i don't think one laptop really i would count as a technological status symbol but i mean not for nothing they're also you know they're designed well they look nice and yeah. And if Apple's if Apple's, you know, going to maintain that prestige brand status, you don't see their ads on, you know, uh the Daily Stormer, you don't see their ads on Truth Social, you don't see their ads on Rumble. You don't even see them advertising on YouTube very much because of the problems over there at YouTube. Yeah. So they were mostly advertising on Twitter and honestly on television and on print like in and like in like the New Yorker they would sometimes there'd be advertisements for them in New York times magazine, like these kind of prestige, like legacy publications. Um, and we still print stuff. Yeah. Print stuff for sure. <laughs> but kidding. it's, 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 um, few and it's the, like the, it's the print stuff that's still like, you know, they might, they might a Vogue, they might have an ad in Vogue, right? Like right. the, like the, the, just the stuff that's, always like at the top of everybody's mind even if nobody's reading it that you it's a prestige brand advertises in vogue and so if they if they're not going to advertise on twitter or they're advertising less on twitter i mean that they're within their rights to do that a lot of people pulled back on advertising anyway it's one of the first things uh, companies pull back on when revenue goes down oh, because a lot of advertising is just brand advertising right the idea is that it keeps your brand in people's mind you're not necessarily advertising a product you're right. advertising the idea and the concept of your brand and if that's the kind of a- a- advertising apple's doing well they don't want it above a stefan molyneux tweet they just don't it's yeah too controversial and by controversial i'll just say controversial because we have a whole yeah. other show for that kind no. of stuff um <laughs> no examples please yeah yeah <laughs> we don't need it <laughs> we don't need people 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 can uh people can look that guy up if they like if they like yeah. he's a there's well, I want no to point out that uh, you kind of touched on it as well, but the uh, it seemed like Elrond was uh, more mad about the you know Apple possibly taking Twitter off the App Store, and Apple's App Store has some pretty strict uh, you know 
rules around stuff like abuse and uh you know language and stuff in in uh on the the stuff in the app store the apps in the app store and the way Elrond has changed twitter it's a uh, very yeah it, it doesn't really pass those rules anymore it doesn't follow the rules anymore and they have you know it makes sense for them to remove it well and i think people have been reporting twitter on uh, the app store now. that's the that's the thing is their history has been if a stink gets brought up about somebody yeah they're likely yeah. to remove them you know not for nothing like Alex Jones was on Apple podcasts for quite some time. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying you should dogpile, but obviously if there's stuff that's breaking the, the rules for the app store, yeah, you should report it. He's also, the other thing is he's, it's, he's making a, he's making a big mistake. Um, yeah. Tim cook is everything that Elon Musk will never be. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, I don't think Elon wants to, or Elrond, sorry, wants to make an enemy out of Tim Cook. Tim Cook is measured, thoughtful, does not act impulsively, and became the CEO of Apple because he was the best person for that job. Yeah. Like, I'm not an Apple fan. I don't, I think their products are overpriced, and I think some of their more enthusiastic fans are about as annoying as a lot of the enthusiastic fans of Elon Musk, but at least they're fans of like a good product and not like a man baby. Yeah. Because I, you know, and I don't think that it's smart for the person who heads Twitter to go to war with Apple. Even Mark Zuckerberg backed off when, (laughs) when they were starting to have, they were starting to starting to have a little bit of a war of words in the media. Mark Zuckerberg shut up. Yeah, because he realized that if you have if you have a popular mobile app, you don't want the people at you don't want the people at the app store giving you any extra scrutiny at all. And so, you know, um, that would be really funny if the most calm and measured person in Silicon Valley is the one who puts an end to all of this. (laughs) But I don't think it's going to go down that way because that would be impulsive. It would be selfish. It would be, um, it would be everything that Tim Cook is not right for him well, to just make the decision to do it, it may, because Elon's pissing him off. Would be yeah, everything Tim Cook is not. He wouldn't do that, but I wouldn't be well. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it happens all of a sudden. You know, it may be a bit surprising that 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 it happens, but it's was probably after considerable thought, right, and right. something happen you know and i I definitely see elrond doing something particularly distasteful that that would get him kicked off right and i i don't think it will be the behavior of other users on twitter i think that it would very likely be something the man himself does something he uses twitter for himself because it's it is a it is a much bigger problem when the person who owns the platform is using the platform to yeah i don't know for example encourage violence to i'd I'd say to encourage violence because he has used his following on there to lead harassment campaigns remember the guy with the submarine Remember the submarine incident yeah and so if another thing like that happens i could imagine the app store removing the app because 
this isn't just some user, right? This yeah. is the person who owns the platform and commands, you know, an army of you know, 80 to a hundred million weirdos. And I do mean weirdos. Yes. And so it, it'd be interesting. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that much about um, like, cause Google, uh, Alphabet's such a bigger company. So I don't think that it would be uh Sundar Pichai, who's the CEO of Google. I don't think it would be if, if Twitter got removed from the play store, I don't think it would, he, that guy might not even know about it until I, until <laughs> like, till Elon was angry tweeting at it. Right. Because it's right, just, it's such yeah. a, like a bigger, broader and a different kind of company than Apple. Um, yeah. But I just don't, I don't think that as you buy a social network, and then you decide that you're going to drastically change how you're doing moderation. And some of those changes might be in violation of the app store's policies. I don't think it's a real good idea to start poking the bear while you're doing yeah. that. I think it's stupid and I'm glad he's doing it. Yeah. I, it would be, it would absolutely be amazing if the most mild mannered CEO of any major tech company is the one who puts a stop to all this. Like I said, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I also would not be surprised if uh, there's a lot of Googlers pushing, you know, upper executives to uh, get kicked out of getting but, it kicked or, off the play store or at least keep an eye on the situation. No, I'm sure that they're actual employees that may not have the power to do it. Right. Maybe trying to push them to, to get kicked off. But once, you know, if they do, oh, that, that's right. The culture at for, Google is, is very chatty, isn't it? It's people yes. are allowed to voice their opinions about the, those yes. kinds of things that yeah. there's no Elon, there's no Elron Musk there to like fire them for saying the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, you you're not get allowed, fired you're not, for saying the wrong thing. But yeah, but you're not, happened. well, you're obviously not around to, allowed to harass or intimidate or bully people, but right. for you're not, you're not losing your job as a Googler for giving your opinion about company policy regarding. Yeah the moderation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a chatty place. Twitter was too. that people there were before the, before uh, Elron was there, people were very much encouraged to criticize their managers to criticize right. the policies of Twitter. Yeah. I think a company, in fact, I think these companies, I think that you can't, Apple's actually not that kind of company just so. Yeah. But Apple isn't a social media company. Facebook is like halfway but yeah. I think for those com for those companies, you I don't think you can. I think it's uh, you shouldn't be able to run a company like Google or Twitter and tell your employees to shut up and listen to management on matters of policy. I think it's bad, and I think that that's like the worst thing well, that Elron did when he went to Twitter was like silence the employees who were smart people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do that. I think it's a dumb thing because high tech employees, you know, they. They can go someplace else. <laughs> Not only that, but they like some of those people have been there since the beginning and they know what's going on there. And they're, yeah. And if, if they think you're wrong and you're the manager, you might want to listen to them because it's not, that's true too. They yeah. might be, they might be right. Yep. Especially like about the tech stuff, but not just that, like just po any policy, any stuff. Like, yeah. If, if you're like essentially like, ha like a media company disguised as a tech company, you better be listening to your employees. They better have the, you know, ability and be encouraged to speak up about what they think's going on in the com in the company. Otherwise, you're yeah. cooked. I think you're cooked. You don't have enough voices. You're all listening to one dude, and it's going to be a dude. Unfortunate reality yeah. is that it's still going to be a dude. 
I don't know. Maybe we can buy Twitter after all this. We can get together with Kara <laughs> yeah. Swisher and Scott Galloway and buy Twitter. It'll be fun. Yeah. The four, the four of <laughs> us running Twitter will be great. Fantastic. Anyway, <clears throat> your first story was pretty fun, which I was, I was, I was happy yeah. for. And we're going to end <laughs> with something one. really fun here. So there's, um, you know, we don't think we think about like technology becoming obsolete and whatever. Right. The thing is, we might still be able to take a look at uh, an old computer. We might have it in a yeah. museum. But w- what if it doesn't turn on? Then yeah. we have no idea what it sounds like. And yeah. so there's this website here. It's the Obsolete Sounds website. There'll be a link in the show notes. And it endeavors to preserve sounds of some obsolete machines. So here's a here's the automatic sleep on an iBook Duo 230 with the one that with the clamshell. One that looked like IKEA furniture. That's my jam, the automatic sleep sound. <laughs> I love this though. You can play I a random I've never heard that. Play a random sound. Here's a Stone Age drill. That one's not fun. Let's find a let's find another random sound. That's not a shaver. Oh, that's what the shaver sounds like. The the thing under it was like a commercial for brawn. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Let's grab another. Oh, a typewriter. So cool. A lunchbox. What do you mean a lunchbox? Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll, like lunchbox. we'll put a link to the we'll put a link to this in the show notes. I just thought it was pretty cool. Because you can search even. You could go, like, maybe go look up. Whoa, what's that? This would also just be great background noise, like, if you wanted to go to sleep, maybe. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, some some of them might be a little loud, but, yeah. But I just think it's kind of interesting, because if you remembered, like, if you had a, I don't know, a Tandy computer or whatever when you were a kid, if you could remember the model number, you go in there and see if you remember some of the sounds, or, you know, a particular U.S. robotics modem, or maybe one of the demonstrations from the first sound blaster is on there or there's just all kind of stuff. And I, I know this stuff's probably on the internet archive, but it's probably very, I don't know if you've ever tried to look for anything on the internet archive. It's kind of a, kind of a, kind of a difficult thing to search. Um, unless you know the not, exact yeah, title, really. of the, if you know the exact title you're looking for, it's easy, but looking for like, like just old kind of found sound stuff on there is real hard. So I just thought that was kind of fun to put on the docket. And I'm glad that we had two, rather fun stories this week although they didn't answer the real question about the ketchup matt <laughs> and i know the how, answer how that the answer is dipping or dip it's dipping but yeah i think that's a very dipping california answer <laughs> i think the other i think because i think if you put the ketchup on top of them they just get soggy yeah and then you get like an uneven spread you know some some fries if you're putting on fries like get all the ketchup and other ones like don't get any Right, because so, they're I'm under a dipper. Because they're under the top layer of fries. Yeah, exactly. And then your top layer of fries, which is the one you're eating first, which should be the crispiest, are actually going to be soggy from the ketchup. There's just, yeah. Listen, there's two answers to that, and one of them is just wrong. Maybe that's why Oxford didn't look into it. <laughs> it must be it. Must be. Well, I think it's my turn to read the show out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, go for it. I don't even need notes. Thanks everybody for listening to How the Tech Are You. This is our tech show on Echoplex Media. Um, we have 
a Mastodon instance at port87.social. You can find me there at Dave, and you can find Matt there at Hist Matt. Matt's quite popular there. And you can find all about us at echoplexmedia.com. Don't hesitate to click around. There's ways to support this project there, information on our podcasts and our live streams. Have a great tech week or whatever. Goodbye.